0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a wonderful day. Man, it is just an absolutely beautiful day. It's the Lord's day. A day that we can rejoice together in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Worshiping together. Being thankful together. It's a day that we as believers can set aside and, and are required to set aside, to remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on a cross, uh, his, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, that we can contemplate and, and remember our hope for an eternity. You know, there's two types of people in the world. And today's message... Uh, really only applies uh, applies to one type of person. You'll hear me say this over and over. Two types of people in the world. There are only two types of people. I don't care how you want to divide anything. There's only one true dividing line when it comes to humanity. You are either redeemed or you are not redeemed. For the redeemed, you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior You submit yourself to His ways. His ways become your ways. And for the redeemed, we get to reap the rewards of God's blessings in our lives every single day from that point that we've accepted Him as our Savior for an eternity. For the believer, think about the absolute worst day you've ever had in this world, and that is the worst day you will have for an eternity But think about the best day you've ever had in this world, and it pales in comparison to what awaits you when you are restored to our Creator in heaven. When we draw our last breath in this world, we are guaranteed, assured by the authority of the Word of God to be with Him for an eternity. But for those who do not believe... When they think about the best day that they've ever had in this world, that is the best day that they will ever have for an eternity. But when they think about the worst day that they've ever had in this world, it'll be, it will pale in comparison to what lies ahead of them for an eternity. When Jesus talks about being cast out into the darkness where there is the pulling of hair and the gnashing of teeth, he is talking about an eternal separation from God, the place we call hell, a place filled with nothing but suffering, not because God is is punishing us, but because that person made a conscious choice to reject the only hope that God has given men so I encourage you if you are one of those who have not accepted Christ as your savior today is your day God loved you so much he loved you that he sent his only son to die on a cross to bear your sins away so that you could be cleansed white as snow and have an eternity in the presence of a holy God. And for those of us who are redeemed, we have a message for today to help us uh, more fully understand not only the Word of God, but probably more importantly, how to apply the Word of God into our life so that we can be who God has redeemed us to be, to be The person that we were created to be, each one of us, uh, man or woman, adult or child, redeemed and undreamed, redeemed for that matter, we have purpose. We were put here for purpose. For those of us who are redeemed, we get to walk into that purpose. But it takes a right understanding of God's Word. It takes right submission to His authority. So today we'll open our our Bibles to Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. I'll be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. I want you to read from whatever uh, is most comfortable for you, whatever you understand. Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows from the south and it turns to the north, round and round it goes, ever returning its course. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the truth is that everything we do in the end is weighed out to be meaningless. It really doesn't matter how intelligent you become, how wealthy you become, it makes no difference. If you build the grandest of all creations or invent the most amazing thing, it really doesn't matter. If you become the vilest person or the most compassionate person, in the end, all these things are meaningless. Or as the King James puts it, vanity of vanity, all things are vanity. Whether I'm a great father and the the best husband, the most fantastic sibling, and really doesn't matter in the end. I can build the most magnificent of all bu- buildings. I, I can create great poetry. I can sing the most touching songs and inspire people to greatness with my words. And in the end, it is meaningless. Why do you ask? Because these are all the toils of men, and they will fade in time as if they never were. For most, of, for, for most all of us, we'll be forgotten by the third or fourth generation that precedes us. To a few, our, our labors will last for generations, perhaps even an entire millennium. For even fewer people, they might be remembered for several millennia. However, it is the eventual fate of all men to be forgotten. All their works, all their art, all their poetry... All their ideas. Their names fade into history and their family lines blur and eventually end. Nobody can escape it. Nobody can circumvent this. All is meaningless. Yet, we were not created to have a life that was meaningless or, in fact, for our life to end. God created us with purpose. And that purpose is for an eternity, an eternity spent with him in his presence. We were created to have life and have life more abundantly. In fact, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief that great enemy of our Lord and our spirit, the devil, he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus, our Savior, he has come that we as believers may have life and have it to the full. If everything I do, whether good or bad, is in, in the end meaningless, how then can I live a life of Meaning? That's the right question. We do not assign meaning to our own lives. We have to understand that. You do not assign meaning to your life. I do not assign meaning to my life. It is our Creator who does this, and He has done so. The Word of God states through the prophet Isaiah that we were made by God, And for his glory, in in the letter to the church at Colossae, the epistle of Colossians, Paul writes, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. The last two words are the most important in understanding the question of how not to live a meaningless life for him. The man or woman who wants to live a meaningful life must live for their creator. This is the very reason we were created. Everything else in the end is meaningless. Furthermore, as if to remind us yet again, King Solomon reminds us in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, Now all has been heard. There is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. We see throughout scripture, woven in and throughout, that we are created by God and for God to do God's good works. Living according to his plans, with his purposes as our own purpose, this is the key to living life that is not meaningless. This makes a meaningful life. So many people suffer from depression finding themselves in a mental condition where they sit around and think I'm worthless. It, my life has been pointless. I have nothing, no footprint to leave behind. I have nothing to give. Nobody has anything to gain from my life. You wake up, believer. You're not fall for this trap of the enemy if you are redeemed by the blood of Christ, if you are a believer, one who who has submitted their life to Jesus, you have purpose. You have value. The world may not see your value. They may not understand your purpose. But your God, who is unseen, sees you. And they see, he sees what you do. You have a purpose given to you by God. Now understand this. I, I get so many believers who will come to me for counsel saying, you know I just don't know what my purpose is in God. I've, I've prayed and I fasted, I, I've read his word and I still I've never God's never revealed to me what my purpose is and they seem to get so stressed out by not knowing what their purpose is. In part, what they're looking for, they're saying, what is my calling, not my purpose? I don't know what your calling is, but God does. Some are called to be pastors and some uh, prophets. Uh, Some are are apostolic in nature. Others are just uh, um, door holders. You have various callings, and you may have multiple callings on your life at one time or another. You may be in this place today and down the road a piece, God may move you into, he wants you, his call for you is to go do this, and later he may say, I'm calling you to go do that. Our purpose is found in Christ and Christ alone. We are his light bearers. If you've been following along on my finding my way uh, Bible teachings you'll know that currently we're in a, a series about the Sermon on the Mount and in one part of that uh, Jesus makes the statement you are the salt of the earth. If the earth if you lose your if the salt loses its saltiness what good is it except to be cast out by men and trampled upon? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does a man light a lamp and cover it with a bowl. No, he lights the lamp to give light to everyone in the household. Your purpose is to be the salt and the light of the earth. You are God's torchbearer. Your purpose is to develop through the Holy Spirit the Christ character within you. So that when people encounter you, they can see, I saw Christ in that per- person. I, I saw the way in that person. I saw the truth in that person. Now The good news is, we don't have to do this on our own. Although we have to make the choice, we have to invest the effort. With every believer, God has given his Holy Spirit to dwell in you that wise counselor, that advocate to dwell within you, to guide you in walking out his purpose. You are to be his light in the world. Furthermore, as you read the Sermon on the Mount, those opening statements that we call the Beatitudes that I regularly refer to as the Christ character, It is a summation of our goal of what we are to look like. And it is through the expression of this Christ character in our life that the world sees Christ. Do not mistake purpose with calling. Today God may call you to be A prophet, tomorrow he may call you to simply open a door for somebody. Another time he may call you to go be a blessing in somebody's life. Another day he may call you uh, to be a preacher or a teacher. But your purpose remains the same. You were not redeemed by the blood of Jesus so you could be whoever you wanted to be. You were redeemed by the blood of Jesus to be who you were created to be. I I run into people all the time filled with anxiety about what is their purpose. So much so that they find themselves crippled in their daily walk because they're so focused on what is my purpose? Let me Set your mind at ease for this. If you walk, striving to manifest the Christ character in your life, this means you are grooming and developing your personal intimate relationship with our Lord through His Holy Spirit, you cannot help but to walk smack dab into your purpose. Not only that, you will walk into your callings. In essence, if you set your eyes and your heart and your mind on Jesus Christ our Lord, you cannot help but become who you were created to be. You can't go around it. You can't miss it. Because the path that Jesus Christ has you on, is to be who you were created to be. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? So what does it take to reach my purpose in the Lord? What does it take to have a meaningful life? Because for the believer, a meaningful life is to be who you were created to be. What does it take to be this? You say, Mickey, I I read my Bible... I do a daily devotional. I I I pray every night before I go to bed. I even I even pray a little bit before I start my day. I want to commend you on that, but it's insufficient. To be a Christ follower, to let's Let's back up for just a moment. Let's understand what salvation is. When you accept Christ as your Savior, and you, you bend your knees, you say uh, some version of what we call the sinner's prayer, but in essence, what you do is you're, you're acknowledging that, that Christ is real, that he really did die on a cross for your sins, that you are separated from God, because of your sins against God. That you believe with all your heart that he was raised from the grave. Ascended to heaven to take his place in heaven as our Lord and King. And you, and you say, I make you Lord of my life. What you have done is you've created a verbal contract. You have said, God, I have the right to do this and I have the right to do that and I have the right to do all these numerous things in life because I am a man or a woman who's free. But Lord, I am taking my right and I am giving it up and I am submitting myself. I am putting myself underneath your authority so that what you want is what I want to do if my eyes see that I should go straight ahead but your direction says that I need to turn left then Lord I'm not going to go straight ahead I'm turning left it doesn't make sense in my mind why I'm turning left but I've submitted myself to your authority in my life so therefore I will turn left as you have said When I see that it makes sense to go straight ahead, and God says to go straight ahead, that's not submission, that's agreement. But when everything in me says I need to go straight ahead, but the Lord has clearly spoken, whether by His Word or through His Holy Spirit, that I need to go left, and everything in my mind says I need to go straight ahead. Submission comes into play, and submission says, it doesn't matter what I see or think, the Lord has said this, and I will do that. So I turn left. And you can ask any man or woman who's walked by faith, walking out this submission, that the greater reward is always to make that left turn when the Lord's direction says turn left. Following His path to negotiate the obstacles, the troubles, and the turmoils of life is always the most blessed way to go. Our purpose, our purpose is to submit ourselves to His authority because the path that He has for you is for you to become who you were created to be. In walking out that path, you are walking out submission. In walking that out, you cannot help but walk right smack dab in the middle of what your purpose is and what your callings are. The believer who does things their own way, Perhaps they go to church on a regular or semi-regular basis. They participate in some Bible studies, maybe. They read a Bible, perhaps. Perhaps they read a daily devotional. They say their their prayer every day, or when they remember anyway, at least when they're in trouble or they need something, they say it. And yet they they do life according to their own wisdom. This is not a submitted person. Are they saved? I won't argue that yes or no, but I will argue on the authority of the Word of God that you are in rebellion to God and not submitted to Him. And rebellion, God says, is like witchcraft. If you truly believe that Jesus is your Savior, that God knows everything, not just everything to be known, but He knows also your heart itself, then why would you choose to walk any other way except the way He declares for you to walk? Because only blessing is in the path He has you on. He is not sending you down a path to harm you. He is sending you down a path to bless you. And although sometimes that path may look very troubled to us, it may feel very troubled to us. We must always remember that it is His path that He has set us on, and it is for His glory, and it will benefit us. It is not enough to be submitted on a semi-regular basis. Being a Christian, a Christ follower, one of the redeemed, one of the elect, is not a part-time occupation, it's not a job we do, it's not a religious exercise we participate in. Christ himself must define us. Anything less is corruption. Anything less is not submission but rebellion. Do you want the best that God has for you? Do you want the best that God has for your household and your family? Do you want your life to have purpose? then you can only have one choice, and that is to walk in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah. This has been a 12 Minutes with Mickey Productions from Mickey Wilcox Ministries. Contact Reverend Mickey Wilcox at mickeywilcox.org or join us on our Mickey Wilcox Ministries Facebook page. Background music provided by Wonders by Alex Productions https backslash backslash onsound.eu backslash Music promoted by HTTPS colon backslash backsplash www.freestockmusic.com Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 Unported Licenses HTTPS colon backslash backslash creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash buy backslash 3.0 backslash deed.en underscore US Go to www.mickeywilcox.org